Well, good morning and welcome to Transform Podcast. Today's topic is a continuation of last week, talking about the words that are shaped from the wounds of our heart. Welcome to today's message with Pastor Jim Bolzano. I want to thank Park Home, as always, for our studio furniture and Taylor Design and Events for the design of our studio. Last week, I started a short three or four week series on talking about the words that are shaped out of the wound of our heart. Last week, I talked to you about Mrs. Job and how the wound of her heart caused her to speak the very words of Satan to her husband, that inadvertently out of her pain, she allied herself with the enemy of her husband. Well, today I want to talk to you uh, about David. You see, David is an example in our lives of the wounds that come from those who should never have hurt us. You know, in our lives, we can be hurt by people who are over us that should never hurt us. It could be a mother. It could be a father. It could be a church leader. It could be a boss. Somebody who is in a position that should be helping us, protecting us, serving us, loving us, somehow creates a wound in our heart. This was the story of David. David was wounded by Saul, a man he served, a man he fought for, a man he loved. This man became jealous. He became suspicious. He threw spears at him, chased him, pursued him, tried to kill him. Saul mistreated him. He manipulated him. He threatened him. Part of Psalm 109, which I read to you last week, was no doubt a lament that included the works of Saul against David. David was no doubt wounded by this rejection and persecution of Saul. No doubt he was hurt. It's, all, it's a tragic tale when you look at it. And there's one thing I really noticed in that whole saga. From the day that he became jealous of David and he began to hate him, Saul never had a change of heart. His heart never changed. He died still in jealousy of David. He died at odds with David. He was David's enemy until the day he died. But listen to this. But David wasn't his enemy. Your enemy doesn't have to be your enemy. They might be your enemy, but you don't have to be theirs. And just because somebody has odds with me doesn't mean I have to hold odds at them. Just because someone hates me doesn't mean I have to hate them. My enemy doesn't have to be my enemy. And you look at the story of David and Saul, and you see some incredible things with David as he navigates through that. Uh, one of the things I want to talk to you about is in the midst of this wound, there are times when somebody is hurting you and somebody is wounding you that all of a sudden you'll have a moment where you get a chance to get revenge. You will have an opportunity to hurt that person who has hurt you. You'll have an opportunity to inflict pain upon the one who inflicted pain upon you. Don't do it. You know, you think of Joseph in Egypt when those brothers came to him and he had the opportunity in his hand to inflict pain upon them and yet didn't do it. In the midst of this pain, in this wound, there are going to be times where you'll have others who will want to inflict pain for you. You remember the account of David and Saul whenever Joab said, let me go kill him? Where David's men wanted to go kill this man who was wounding their leader? 
They wanted to go and lash out on his behalf. They wanted to go and destroy him. They wanted to go and, 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 and take care of this one who was hurting their friend. In your life and in my life, we have those who are our supporters. And there's times that our supporters that love us, that care about us, that walk with us, they want to inflict pain for us. They want to get revenge for us. They want to defend us. They want to hurt those who hurt you. Don't do it. Don't allow them to do it. You see, David, his heart was pure. His heart would not attack this man. His heart would not allow him to destroy Saul. And here's the thing. He was the rightful king of Israel. Saul was the positional king, but David was the anointed king. And yet, he still would not allow himself to come at and get revenge upon this man. Matter of fact, the Bible tells us that his heart mourned the death of David and Saul. He sang a song about them. After the kingdom was his, he showed kindness to Saul's grandson on behalf of David. His heart returned kindness to the house of Saul. Now, what do we learn from this? What does this teach us? What is the principle that we can take away from this? You know, I, again, I think about this. Saul died at odds with David. And yet David was not at odds with Saul. It tells me something. You can be spiritually, emotionally, and mentally healthy, even if the one who wounded you never has a change of heart. Many people are waiting for someone to admit wrongdoing for things they've done. Many people are wanting someone to come and repent and ask forgiveness of the things that they've done. Many are waiting for someone to come and offer reconciliation. Many are waiting for someone to have a change of heart in order to have their heart healed. You may never get an apology. Let me think about this for a moment. Someone who has hurt you, wounded you, inflicted pain upon you, they may die and you've never gotten an apology and you've never received a request for forgiveness. Someone may have done that to you. But let me tell you what this teaches me when I read the story of David and Saul, that I don't need someone to have a change of heart for my heart to be whole. That is such a great promise of scripture. You see, I don't have to have the person who wounded me. I don't have to have them come and ask me for forgiveness in order for my heart to be whole. Would I like it? Sure. Would it feel good? Sure. But that cannot be the foundation from where the, how, uh, the wholeness of my heart is found. You see, because there's a great danger that comes with that. If my healing is contingent upon somebody else, then they can take it away again. If it's dependent upon someone's words, they can steal it with their words. Your healing is not dependent on them. Do not give them that kind of power. Do not give the enemy that kind of power. The fact is, your healing has nothing to do with their forgiveness. It has nothing to do with them giving an apology. It has nothing to do with that. Yes, it would be nice. Who wouldn't like that? And when God and when and whenever restoration happens in the natural, that's a wonderful thing. Whenever restoration happens, that's a great thing that does bring healing. But the fact is, some of you have been wounded by people that should have never wounded you. Could have been a parent, could have been somebody else. And they wounded you and they died and never made it right with you. Can you be healed? Can you have healing? The answer to that is absolutely. 
The answer is yes, because again, healing doesn't get found in them. It's found in Jesus. It's found in the Redeemer. As I told you last week, Job said one thing going through all that saga. He said, this one thing, I, but I know my Redeemer lives. David, David said this, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, my rock and my Redeemer. I want you to think about this. As I said last week, healing is not something that I work for. It's not a work to be gained. It is a gift to be received. It is the work of the Redeemer given to me. You know, I'll tell you a funny story. Yesterday in our house, uh, my, my grandson decided he needed a puzzle piece off the top of the cabinet. And, and so, so he, he, unbeknownst to us, none of us were looking, he decided to open the cabinet doors and uh, it was a freestanding cabinet. And he decided that he would step up on the shelf to get the puzzle piece on top. To which then, all of the salsa that was jar, in, in jars inside that they made homemade came rolling out. The shelf came out. The salsa came out. It was a mess. Glass was broke everywhere on the ceramic floor. And we run out to the kitchen, and he's standing there petrified. Uh, I think there's several reasons he was petrified. Like, number one, um, he's scared to death of what just happened. Number two, is mama going to kill me? And, and so he was starting to have that freaked out cry where he was just going to lose it. And when I grabbed him, and I put him on the island, and I, I said, it's okay, it's okay. You see, because I didn't know if he was wounded, but I wanted to calm his heart. And, and so I did this crazy thing, because in order to stop him from freaking out, I grabbed his foot and he had salsa on his sock. And I said, oh man, it's salsa. I love salsa. And I began to lick it off his sock. And he just looked at me like, you're so weird. But he never cried. And he never, he never freaked out. He never cried. Why? Because I did something in the moment that was bringing a, a calm to his heart. And all of a sudden, he was like, I'm okay. You see, he didn't work for it. He didn't do anything. I just did something that provided it. Let me say this to you. That sounds weird, I know, and I am weird, but I got to tell you something. The work of the Redeemer is something to be received, not something to gain. Jesus brought healing for your heart. He brought healing for your mind. He brought healing for your emotions on Calvary. And he will speak words to you, his very word. He will speak it and become medicine to your soul and medicine to your heart. I want to encourage you today that, that there is healing for that. Yes, that person may have died and yes, they may be gone and they may have never made it right, but you can be healthy and you can be whole. He wants to, re he wants to heal your heart and then out of that healed heart will come words of healing and that words of healing will then flow to others. Let me encourage you today. Don't go to him and tell him how you want healed. Go to him and allow the Redeemer to heal your heart. Have a great week.